Welcome back to the Proclivity Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Joel. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Emily, and we're ready to blow your mind. At least I am. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Right you are. Guys, this whole podcast is about helping you guys get to the point where you're living a healthier body and a happier life. We want those things for you. So that's why we give you all the information. All the stuff that we do in our one-on-one coaching and in the proclivity method is given to you on this podcast. And without further ado, we're going to jump right into this episode because we're going to be talking about gluten. Gluten is a is near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. One, because I like the taste of gluten. <laughs> okay? As most of us do. As most of us do. Baked goods, cookies, mm-hmm. bread, right? All the nice mm, things. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was about 30 years old that I realized that I had gluten sensitivity. And I didn't believe it. I thought it was a bunch of horseradish. And my good friend, uh, Cassie Wellock, shout out to Cassie. Um, she's a, she's a PA and I was seeing her and she said, Hey, you know what, Joel, I'm explaining all this GI stuff that's going on, having diarrhea all the time. She's like, yeah, yeah, it sounds like it could be gluten. And I'm like, Oh, it's definitely not that. I'll tell you, (laughs) even though you have all the education, it's not that. (laughs) She said, she's the sweetest. She's the best. Shout out to Cassie. She said, well, you know what? We're going to run some blood tests. And why don't you just cut it out for two weeks until I see you again? And I was doing other stuff, you know, other blood work. I said, you got it. I'm going to do it. So I went and I did it. I cut out gluten. I felt amazing. No diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Reintroduced diarrhea at the wall with some chicken sliders, okay, deep fried chicken <laughs> on the uh, Hawaiian sweet rolls with a big old gluteny beer, destroyed the next day. So that is my personal story. Maybe you guys wanted to hear it. Maybe you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> Yet it is near and dear to me because ever since then I have lived a very much so gluten-free life and it has helped me in, in many different areas, particularly because I'm sensitive to it, a lot of uh, decrease in inflammation. Um, it has kept me away from um, uh, uh, drinking and, and breads and cookies uh, just because it, it really, the benefit uh, of the taste was not worth the result that I was going to get. So we're going to dive into to gluten today. Coach Emily, are you sensitive to gluten? Uh, not particularly as far as having symptoms like you explained. No. Mm. Yeah. Well, anybody else who's out there that can, uh, can feel me. I know. <laughs> there, there are plenty out there that may not even realize it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 30 years old, guys took me that long mm-hmm. how was i just man <laughs> this is why awareness is so important we teach it in the proclivity method of being able to become aware that your body is telling you constantly red light yellow light or green light and when we're living a fast-paced lifestyle 
We got families. We got businesses, right? We got relationships. And we're just gas pedaling all the time. We're just driving past those stoplights. And eventually what's going to happen is you're going to get T-boned. You're going to get to the point where you're going to get smashed. And uh, being able to have that awareness is super important. So let's talk about gluten. A lot of people don't know what it is. A lot of people have, I mean, you say gluten to somebody and they, they don't know exactly what it is. I mean, when I tell people that I'm gluten intolerant, like, well, does this have gluten in it? Does this have gluten? Does, does a fruit have gluten in it? I mean, I've gotten that before and I'm like, okay, people don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's go gluten 101. Welcome to class (laughs) y'all. We're going to take you through. So, you know, so, you know, because this whole gluten trend I mean, it's pretty wild. Like everything's gluten free, and there's menus, and there's gluten free this and gluten free that. We're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of this, you guys. Is it is gluten really that that bad for us? Yes or no? We'll, we'll as Emily tends to say, depends. Uh, <laughs> and what what it what is it? Should we be having it? So on and so forth. So let's dive in. What mm-hmm. what is gluten? Yeah, gluten is a protein. And it's in wheat-containing products. So that's why when we're asked, is it in fruit? We're like, no, of course not. There's no wheat in fruit, especially whole food fruit. Mm -hmm. Now, it gets tricky when you're looking at packaged foods because there could be a fruit pouch or a fruit bar that may contain gluten. Because you're like, wait, what? Why would that have gluten? It's an additive to a lot of products for the reasons you mentioned before. It helps it taste better. It Mm -hmm. binds things together really well. and it's, it's, yeah, it's something used to help foods stay better uh, on the shelves. There's so many reasons why, why people would use it. Um, yet it's typically found in bread products, cookies, cakes, the, you know, wheat flour is the, is the main source. And mm. so it's a, it's a protein. Um, and most people actually don't digest it. So we, our body it has an inability, no matter who you are, if you have celiac or not, uh, your body does not digest it all the way, and that's where it can cause problems. Have yep. you found? Is there any any kind of food, Joel? Because I know you are hyper aware, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are there any foods that have surprised you that has gluten? You know what? Uh, particularly when I first started looking at packages and seeing how many things have gluten in it or wheat, right? Because mm-hmm. they'll they'll say at the very bottom you'll have all the list of ingredients, and then at the very bottom they'll say contains. Wheat, wheat, right? And you're like, wait, where? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, always now, it's that that really helped to train me on looking at labels. Mm-hmm. Where before I was kind of like, man, I'll just look at the front. What does what does the front mm-hmm. tell me? Does it have Nothing. appealing colors? And is it <laughs> does it say USDA organic? And does it have a little frog mm-hmm. stamp on it? And you know, like all those great things. Then I started mm-hmm. looking at looking at the ingredients, and I was like, "Oh wow, wheat in so many things, in so many mm-hmm. things." Um, so, it, even in smaller things, you wouldn't think of in terms of like, uh, like breaded breaded stuff, like chicken fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, when you deep fry French fries, uh, the cross contamination that could be in that. So mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of different pieces for sure um that i have found with with gluten um so gluten is wheat that certain protein 
is, uh, it, it doesn't break down well in our body or doesn't break mm -hmm. down at all. Is that correct? Yeah. So actually gluten is, is not the same exact thing as wheat. Um, yet every wheat is going to have gluten. So we're looking at wheat products because they all have gluten. So it can get a little confusing in that sense. Yet it, it, it helps to clarify that they're a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So you can have a wheat allergy or you can have a gluten sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so they don't, it doesn't break down. So when you digest gluten, it goes into your stomach and it produces a protein called zonulin. And that is what can basically make your gut leaky. It can expand the walls of your gut lining and cause larger molecules to go into your bloodstream that aren't meant to go into your bloodstream, which then causes an immune response and it basically meaning inflammation is increased in your body. And <clears throat> so there's a portion of the population who do not, uh, who, who that happens to. So most of us can have that go through our body. You know, we have gluten in our stomach. It's not digested as well, but we can still process it. Okay. It doesn't open up that, that leaky gut of what I just talked about, but there's anywhere from their studies saying six to 10% of the population. There's some studies saying as high as a third of the population who cannot process that gluten well, meaning it will cause that leaky gut. So that's a lot of people, even if it is just that 6%, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Who, you know, and a lot of people who don't even know it, right? Who are walking mm -hmm. around with just some simple, could be uh, digestive issues like IBS or some small things, but it could be things that are unrelated to your digestive tract, like headaches, skin issues, joint pain. All these things could be from that. I have a client, for example, who has cluster headaches. His digestion, his bowel movements are totally fine. Yet we have found that gluten is a trigger for his cluster headaches. So it's very interesting knowing mm -hmm. that it's not always a GI symptom. Yet for, again, maybe the 6% up to a third of the population, it, it can cause leaky gut. And that leads to so many other problems. Like I just mentioned, it causes autoimmune issues. It causes mood swings, depression, because we know there's a gut-brain connection. Mm -hmm. um, so literally, I could go on and on, but the main ones are, you know, psychological things. It can cause brain fog, skin issues, arthritis is a big one gut issues. And then a lot of women with things like PCOS or infertility. Um, and that's for a second reason. So one, we have that it doesn't digest well and for some people can cause leaky gut. But two, a lot of our gluten, especially in the United States is sprayed with glyphosate, mm -hmm. which is an endocrine disruptor. It can act as an estrogen. It can, meaning it can increase our estrogen and throw our hormone balance off and cause a lot of women and men to be estrogen dominant, which is what we don't want, can lead to things like PCOS or, you know, lots of other things that hormone balance causes. And so those are the two big reasons why gluten has gotten a bad rap. Again, especially in America, because our gluten tends to be sprayed with glyphosate. <laughs> and then, and so, yeah, those, those are the main reasons why it can be super harmful in, in what it does in our body. And, and you, you kept referring to leaky gut for people that don't know what leaky gut mm -hmm. is, right? Because that is actually a catchphrase as well. You know, mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. might have heard of leaky gut, but they don't know exactly what that is. What, it, what is leaky gut and how does it affect us? I mean, you yeah. mentioned a few of them. Yeah, and I, I, I usually use that word because that tends to be the word that is thrown around most that most people understand. But it's when, uh, like I said, when, when we have food in our stomach, it is our nutrients are absorbed through our gut lining, but it's not supposed to open up so much 
to where those bigger molecules are going in to our bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So like the gluten, for example, um, for a lot of those, a lot of us, those bigger molecules going into that bloodstream is going to cause a lot of issues and it causes what's called leaky gut or gut permeability, permeability, permeability issues. Um, and it's basically breaking down our gut wall and it's, it's breaking down that barrier that is a protective barrier for things that are not meant to be going into our bloodstream. And over time, usually that that's not just happening just when you eat one food. Usually it's a reoccurrence of chronically eating these certain foods that are breaking down the gut barrier. And then it causes a much larger issue in time. Mm, mm. And so from my understanding of what you're, you're telling us is that, uh, the, the gut lining isn't supposed to be so expansive. It's supposed to, it's supposed to be, Hey, very controlled. And if it's not controlled, then we can start having inflammation issues. This is what's going to cause uh, constipation, diarrhea, and those type of symptoms. Yep. 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 Because think of it. Yeah. You think of a bricks and in the cement that goes in between. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not supposed to be a net. And so when you have a leaky gut, it's more like a net or you're missing that cement in between that's sealing it together. And that's, what's causing things to leak through. And when things leak through, that's an immune response. And that's what causes that diarrhea that you had. That's what causes the inflammation. It's an, a response to your body. Be like, oh, this is not, it's not supposed to be here. Whatever's coming through. And I'm going to cause an immune response. And that's going to be different for a lot of people. It commonly, though, shows up through the GI symptoms. And is leaky gut one of the biggest causes of leaky gut from the refined foods and gluten? Is leaky gut one of the biggest causes of leaky gut? What do you, I'm not uh, sure what you mean. Excuse me. I might have said that wrong. Let's rewind. <laughs> is one of the, the, the biggest uh, reasons behind leaky gut gluten or refined mm. foods? Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. any yeah. other foods or is alcohol or anything else that's going to cause that, yep. that leaky gut? I don't know the specific numbers, but yes, gluten is one of the top, uh, if not, if it's not number one, it's in the top three for sure. Gotcha. Um, and then other things are dairy, certain types of dairy for people and then mm-hmm. refined foods in general, like it's be, mainly because they have those oils in there. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about, seed oils. Yes, we've talked about oils guys <laughs> before, if you want to go back in our podcast, um, we talk about fats and how those oils are detrimental. Now, that's a great picture that you paint for us, um, uh, Coach Emily, is this this brick wall, right? And, and that mortar in between not being there. And mm-hmm. the results of that mortar not being there are the refined foods, the oils, and the gluten. And excessive amounts, right? It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, you have a little bit of oils, that thing is completely broken down. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and dairy added to that list. So yeah, yeah, typically how it how it occurs and you're like, well, I always used to be fine with eating gluten products. I grew up eating all these things. And you're like, well, yeah, you, you could have been fine for a while, but it's that repetitive like beating down of that wall. That, mm-hmm. And then eventually something gives in. It's that we always refer back to the cup of stress that you can handle. It's when that stress overflows and something has to give, something's sacrificed, right? So it's usually the chronic use of these things. And that's why when you have a healthy gut, when we get back to healing in a place of less inflammation, more parasympathetic, you know, all the things that we want, you tend to be able to have these things here and there and be okay and your body can handle them. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's that, it's that chronic 
that chronic use. <laughs> and does stress also have the same effect? Mm -hmm. on yep, your gut? because yeah, so simply put, when you are stressed, you're not digesting well. You know the phrase rest and digest. Mm -hmm. Your body needs to rest to digest properly. Mm -hmm. If we're not, then our body does not produce the right enzymes. It doesn't produce enough stomach acid, and that causes turmoil in your stomach where that gut lining is. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then it starts to break down that gut lining, starts to maybe break down your esophagus. Mm -hmm. If you've ever had heartburn or acid reflux, these are all ways that it breaks down. Uh, your body down basically. But yes, that stress leads to not digesting your food well in your stomach, which leads to food sitting there, acid sitting there for too long, and it breaks down that gut barrier as well. Mm -hmm. And so th th it, what that brings me to the thought process of is like, you know, exactly what you said, where people are like, oh, I grew up eating, you know, bread, white bread, and, you know, these different cookies and snacks, and it didn't affect me then as a kid. Well, think about when you were a kid, guys. You were outside, fresh air, running around in the sun, mm -hmm. enjoying life, very little stressors. Then you start getting older, more stressors. All of a sudden, this thing comes along, and you start liking guys and girls. Well, talk about a stressor, throw in relationships, okay? Then you're like, oh, I graduate high school. What am I supposed to Oh, go to college, get a job. Stressors, stressors, stressors. Your body's, and as it's aging, nonetheless, mm -hmm. it doesn't have the same GI health as it did when you were a little kid where it could possibly buffer those those oils, possibly buffer that dairy, yep. possibly buffer that gluten. And so it's like, you know, so many different uh, people, right, that, that we talk to are like, oh, my, my heydays. Man, when I used to weigh 172 pounds or when I used to run marathons, when I, okay, guys, that was 26 all, years ago. And that's also when you were getting more movement in. So in addition to yeah. less stress, you're getting more movement. And as we get older, we're more sedentary. We're sitting down more throughout the day, less steps. Mm -hmm. and you get that stress. And as you mentioned with the children, it even is showing up more and more these days in children in the form of potentially autism, not all autism. Um, in skin issues, in attention, like so ADHD, all of those things can be related back to gluten or leaky gut in general. So yeah, so it's showing up even in children, sadly. So one thing, I, another thing I want to come back to is you talked about particularly in the United States, the mm -hmm. gluten. And when you're talking about the gluten, you're talking about mostly the wheat and how the wheat is is grown and and uh, utilized, mm -hmm. right? Where mm -hmm. they're using different pesticides or different chemicals on the wheat, which then goes to the wheat, to the gluten, to our stomachs, endocrine disruptors. Is that correct? Correct. So yeah, the glyphosate is one big one, and then how we actually produce the the. I always think of bread, you know. In Europe, for example, they get quality flour that has not been as processed and they tend to ferment it longer. So when you ferment gluten longer, it breaks down, which makes it easier on your stomach. What we were talking about, it's less likely to produce that protein that breaks that gut barrier. So there's that, those are the two main factors. So there is kind of this like good gluten and not so good gluten, correct? Yeah, yeah. And that, when you 
you've said that to me before. I'm like, oh, I mean, all gluten is the same. No, you're, you're totally right. It's in the way you process it and the quality of the flour. Um, and then how it was grown as far as, yeah, were there pesticides on it in, mm-hmm. in Europe has much higher standards for that. And they tend to not, they're, they're less willing to go away from their traditional senses of like, no, I'm preparing it this right way. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be spraying glyphosate and all these pesticides on it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. America, you know, we're more into faster, longer, higher production, cheaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen to that guys. We've repped this out so many times. And Emily and I were talking about this. We're going to do a podcast, how, how, to, how to lose weight, okay? Why? Because everyone's, not everyone, a lot of people out there are trying to lose weight. And they're thinking, it's calorie counting. It's keto. It's intermittent fasting. It's this, it's that. Listen, y'all. Recognize how our food is cultivated and cared for. And until you get to that point where you start recognizing, no, it's worth it to pay for organic. It's worth it to get to know my local farmers. It's worth it to go to the farmer and go, I want that cow over there. And let me give it a kiss right on the forehead (laughs) before it gets slaughtered, right? Because I want to know, like, I love you and thank you for your sacrifice. You might think this is woo-woo or wild, yet just like what Emily was saying, go ahead, go to Europe. If you have a gluten sensitivity, which we have clients who have gluten, big gluten sensitivities, they'll go over to, to Europe, have full-on pizza, nothing, no issues at all. It's being able to recognize that we have to start at the foundation, truly the roots. We also have a podcast on that too as well. Rob Carney, he crushed it. So there is this good and bad gluten or not so good gluten mm-hmm. um i, I want to move into talking about gluten sensitivity because a lot of people will go oh i'm gluten intolerant or i have sensitivity or i got this test right it, it, i pricked my finger and it says i can't do this so i'm not doing it at all mm-hmm. can we talk about there's there's really th- three different kind of avenues here with with gluten intolerance it's celiac disease some wheat allergy and then non-celiac gluten sensitivities can you break those down if there's people listening who are like i'm for certain i know i have a gluten sensitivity and they're just eating oils all day long you know <laughs> they don't even recognize they're like oh oils 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 it's the gluten issue break that down for us yeah so celiacs is an autoimmune disease and that is one percent of the population which sounds like a small amount yet in the scheme of things that's a lot of people for if you're looking at the entire world um those people for sure need to stay away from everything gluten um then there's like i mentioned the people who have the non-gluten sensitivity or yeah so people who are intolerant to gluten that's that anywhere from six percent to a third of the population the studies vary on that yet i would lean towards higher percent of the population because so many people would not say oh yeah i have that intolerance or they're not taking the test to figure it out um and and it can be tricky right because we have these food sensitivity tests that are like oh yeah you're allergic or sensitive to this that and the other and those aren't accurate honestly there there are some tests that are coming out that are maybe a little bit more accurate yet for the most part i don't have any of my clients 
go off of those tests. I don't even ask them to get those tests because they can make things more stressful and more confusing. Mm -hmm. Because for example, like I mentioned, when you have those gluten molecules going through your gut barrier when it's leaky, um, that's going to show up on a food sensitivity test in addition to other things. And that people are going to say, oh, you have a set, you have a issue with that food. It's like, well, no, you could just have a leaky gut. And once we heal that up, you'll be fine. So that's why the, the food sensitivities are confusing yet. And then in addition to it, like for me, for example, when I had all of my gut issues, I got a, a test for celiacs or for gluten and it came back negative yet. I hadn't been eating gluten for the six months prior because <laughs> I was already doing some testing on myself. Mm-hmm. So you can have a false negative or on that, right? Um, because if you're not eating that gluten, it's not going to show up. And so there's lots of little intricacies, intricacies here with that. Yet my recommendation is to just like Cassie told you, go without it for two weeks, 30 days, 60 days, whatever you can do and feel good with. See if you notice a difference. If you still have some issues, then like Joel just said, you can take, you know, consider, oh, is it the oils? Is it this one specific food? Is it my stress? So then that's why having a coach to help guide you through those steps can be helpful. So you're not spending so much time and energy and thought and research on figuring that out. That, that, that's, that's how I would go about it. Does that answer your question? It, it totally does. And it brings to the attention of being somebody who, uh, has non-celiac, uh, gluten sensitivity that, there's so much packaging out there that says gluten-free, 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 right? And if you're like, oh, I, I believe I have a gluten-free or, or gluten sensitivity, oh, I'll just avoid it because there'll be the stamp, the GF, right? And I'll just make sure to get those. Yet if you flip the sucker around, you'll see canola oil, vegetable oil, rapeseed oil. And you wonder why you're still inflamed. You wonder why you're not losing weight. You're wondering why your energy levels are still low. I got rid of the gluten. The gluten's gone. Yet those oils can still keep that leaky gut. That autoimmune disease can still be there or that reaction can still be there. Correct? Mm -hmm. Correct, 100%. Yeah, and not only the oils, but also gluten-free products tend to be high still in carbohydrate-rich ingredients that are going to spike your blood sugar, which causes a whole other realm of of inflammation. So yeah, there's a lot to it. It's not just going to gluten-free products. Mm-hmm. We like to, to think of it, what are more whole foods, <laughs> right? So we can avoid that laundry list of ingredients that are highly inflammatory in all different ways. And if you guys go ahead and look on the back of a package of gluten-free, it, there's not going to be mm-hmm. three ingredients. There's actually tends to be even more ingredients to be able to get mm-hmm. that binder and for it to, to to, to be able to get that taste or that texture or that mouth fuel that you want when it comes to trying to substitute the feeling of real bread, right? Or by real bread, right. gluten. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There are some better products out there. I'll mention those at the end when we have recommendations. Um, yeah, overall for daily eating. Yeah, that's not something you're like, oh, well, it's just gluten-free or it is gluten-free, so I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Not, not always the case. So let's, let's go into the case of going gluten-free. Mm-hmm. Is gluten-free, if somebody isn't sensitive to it, is that a good direction to go? Yes or no? And go ahead, Emily. It depends. <laughs> it depends. So it depends what your goals are. Depends what you're experiencing, what your symptoms are. 
if you have anything that I listed uh, prior, depression, mood swings, anxiety, arthritis or joint pain, skin issues, GI issues of any kind, hormone issues of any kind, infertility, PCOS, endometriosis, or any kind of autoimmune disease, I would highly recommend you go gluten-free, at least for a period of time while you work on healing your gut to, you know, to the level that you can. So I love, I love that you were just like this and this, and if you have this and 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 this, literally any health symptom. Yeah. So, okay, guys, it does depend yet. We are saying something here. Okay. But again, I have people who are like, no, I'm, I feel great. I feel fine. I eat this, you know, I eat pizza every once in a while and I'm fine with it. Then by all means go for it. If you feel great. I'm sure it's fine. And, and I recommend there's, there are pizzas, there are flours and doughs and products that are mm-hmm. contain gluten, yet they can be much easier on your system. So, uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I have a feeling that maybe you have a symptom, even if it's at a small level and it's worth going without 30 days is my recommendation. If you can do it, if you, if that seems really hard to do, go for one week, two weeks and try that. Yeah. I, I found guys with the two weeks yeah, alone, even after a week, you know, my symptoms were a little bit more uh, extreme mm-hmm. than maybe like a slight headache. Yet it, it was, it was nine day. I mean, it was, and then when I reintroduced it, oh, it's out, out of my system, right? And then I reintroduced it. That was the full right. green light for me of being like, <laughs> whoa, no way. It is time to get rid of this. And, you know, guys, I, I've dealt with anxiety in the past, racing mind, right? Working way too much, right? Way too much in my head. And getting rid of gluten definitely helped. And and we have clients who have gotten rid of gluten and their anxiety lowers, right? Their racing mind lowers, right? Their depression starts disappearing. There is there is definitely some science behind that and some backing behind that yep. of yep. of the psychological effects that poor gluten, and we'll say poor gluten, um, has particularly in higher amounts when it comes to our mental health. Mm-hmm. In which, yeah, every it, it always, to me in my nutrition world, I mean, when I coach clients, everything leads back to proper digestion. If you're not digesting food, if you have a leaky gut, everything else is going to become off balance. It's just a matter of time. Right. And so we could start going into a caloric deficit or intermittent fasting, yet when we break our fast and we eat gluten and bad oils and dairy, we're still not going to lose weight. Or if we go in a caloric deficit and we're still eating oils and inflammatory foods, we're still not going to lose weight. Repetition, guys. Repetition. We'll say it again and again and again. Heal your gut and everything else will start aligning. And, and and that's one of the things that we do here. We we help you recognize those things, help you to de-stress, because bringing down the stress levels and opening up space to be able to make these changes is important. Trying to fit mm-hmm. new changes in your same schedule, right? It's like, you know, we can't get new results with old behaviors. It's just, you can't do it, right? Mm-hmm. And when you try to jam a new diet, a new change, a new, but you're not changing the old behaviors, not changing the identity of who you are, we're going to get the same results. And so. 
And you and you there are people who lose the weight. Yeah, I would argue is it long term? Check back in with that person a year from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. It's going to catch up with with you one way or another. Totally. Totally. So, let's let's put a bow on this. Um we know for the most part people should start limiting the amount of gluten that they have. Gluten is so readily available all over the place cuz it's packaged, right? It can be up on the shelves. It's sustainable start limiting it, start moving into a little bit more whole foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, be cautious and aware of the type of glutens. There are some better glutens out there. Um, there are different intolerances when it comes to gluten and being able to do some research on that for yourself is really important. We can't really put all our chips into those food sensitivity tests because as we proved, there's a lot of different things that can affect that leaky gut that can give you a false positive or false negative. And then when your mind gets locked in on that, we could be going down a completely backwards path. Mm -hmm. So what are our top three things that we can give to our listeners when it comes to lowering the amount of gluten or maybe trying different gluten products, gluten-free products? What, What kind of gift or guide can we give them to end this podcast? Yeah, first of all, if you are gonna have gluten, then seek out the better, the more nutrient dense, the more broken down gluten. So things like sourdough, anything that is going to be fermented is going to be broken down more and easier for your body to digest. So I love a good 24 hour or longer fermented sourdough bread. There's a bakery here in town that has some better options. I think they do 24 hour. Yeah. I would even extend that even longer, but Peron bakery, if I'm going to have a, a glutinous treat, I'm going to go there because I know that the flour they use is legit flour. Um, and, you know, for example, there's a couple of pizza places in town, Pizza Collective. They use a high quality, the same high quality flour. So if you're going to have gluten, pick a sourdough, pick a sprouted wheat, because again, those are more broken down for you already. Number two, to start minimizing, I would say start adding in whole foods. So add in more veggies, add in more things that are, that you still enjoy, but you're replacing that gluten. So a big recommendation for a lot of my client, our clients are, you know, if you're used to having toast with your breakfast, add in more veggies, add another egg, add in some more avocado. If you really want that crunch and that's a really hard transition for you in the beginning, try something like Mary's gone crackers or Siete chips or banana chips, which are plantain chips, stuff that are still minimal Mm. ingredients, good quality oils, (laughs) and start there. Um, And then continue to be curious and educate yourself on labels. Look at labels every single time you get something with a label. Double check, familiarize yourself with ingredients. There are tricky names for gluten. Google an ingredient if you don't know what it is take that little bit of time, it's going to be worth it because knowledge is power and you're going to, you're going to learn. And when you, when you have that knowledge, you're more aware and more likely to make that change and make it easier for yourself, for yourself. There it is. You guys, three tips to being two, being able to recognize gluten and gluten in your life and gluten in your diet. Um, if you guys have questions, feel free, reach out to us. We love to help people. And if you're struggling with anything, whether it's gluten or or anything else, reach out to us. You can do a free consultation call with us, with Emily and I together. It's 45 minutes. Just go to our website, www.proclivity.co. 
you can book your clarity call go there book it there'll be some questions that 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 we'll have for you answer those and then get on a call with us and and we'll be able to help guide you through that uh before we get off we want to thank our our sponsors eight sleep and if you guys are looking to get the best night of sleep possible check out eight sleep go to eightsleep.com you can use the promo code Joel at checkout to be able to receive a discount. We also want to thank Fatco. What is Fatco? <laughs> it's one of our favorite skincare products. They use grass-fed tallow. They support regenerative agriculture, and I absolutely love it because they have all clean ingredients. It it is a thick product for me, especially living in the high desert and having dry skin. It's a game changer for my lips. I have their deodorant. And then they have a body butter that I love as well. Mm. You, you can use code PROCLIVITY for a discount at, at your first checkout. Super good product, you guys. I use it now every night. I wasn't much of like a put stuff on my face, uh, but they have this miraculous, uh, they literally call it miraculous <laughs> uh, face butter or something like that. And uh, I put it on every night. It has like a lavender smell to it and just feels so Ooh, good. Just, yeah, all other things smell great. It's fantastic. All right, you guys, that's it for episode 62. If you guys like this episode, please like, subscribe, share with your friends. We're trying to get our information out there the best that we can because we're trying to help millions of people live healthier bodies uh, and happier lives. So that's it. Coach, anything else? No. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Share it if you feel like it's been helpful. We appreciate it. All right, that's it, you guys. We'll see you next time.